I'm a covenant Living in the riches of my Lord and King, I'm a covenant man. Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again. And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham. The Lord told me how He wants me to be to abide in Him and His word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Covenant Living broadcast. I'm David Weeder, and I want you to listen to me very closely for a moment. I want you, if you do not have it, I want you to go hit pause and go get your Bible and notebook and a pen because these next couple broadcasts are going to be very specific. They're going to be line upon line, precept upon precept, and I don't want you to miss a Thing. I want you to save these broadcasts, go back over them, go back over them, and get the details. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you the revelation that we're going to be going over today. All right? Hit that pause button. Okay. Now, now that we're ready to go, let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for another opportunity to bring your word to the people. And as I've already prayed, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, reveal to the people the reality of your power and your presence in their lives today. In Jesus' name. Well, let me remind you, last week on the broadcast, we went over the ministry of the Holy Spirit as our teacher and our guide into all truth. And we use the illustration of food and eating and, and should and shouldn't and, and even things that you should, is should you eat them this time? And we, just, we went through a, a, a real life example and showed you how the Holy Spirit can be your guide in the areas of, of life, every area of life. So this week, we're going to go ahead and we're going to move on just a little bit. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 14. St. John, chapter 14, and we're going to look at verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now go right over to chapter 16. What happens when he goes to the Father? Well, if you look in chapter 16 and verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now this is Jesus. And he's tell, having to say, I'm telling you the truth here, people. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So here's Jesus explaining that once he goes away, once he goes to the Father, then he's going to send the Holy Spirit to us. And once he goes away and he does that, then not only the works of Jesus, but greater works than those will we do because of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God.
But how does that work? What, how, what mechanism does that work through? Well, turn to Romans 8, chapter 26. We're, we're doing a lot of Scripture examination because I want the Holy Spirit to use the Scriptures and allow Him to paint a picture of exactly what is taking place in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life as a believer. So Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself or Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And as we've said before, if you, if you look into the original Hebrew of that, it actually says, the Spirit also takes hold together with us against our infirmities. Now think about that in relation to what we've talked about in the past broadcasts. The Spirit of power Himself that created all of the universe and the Spirit of wisdom that knew how to do it will Himself personally take hold together with you against whatever affirmity that's coming against you. And He does it making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we'll see another aspect of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, I'm going to read two sections of this chapter right back to back so you can see the impact of what I'm telling you and what I'm teaching you this week about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 and then directly over and read 13 and 14. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful unless I pray for the interpretation. So in verses 1 and 2, you see that we are literally, the Weymouth translation there says that we are praying divine secrets to our Heavenly Father. How do you like to sit down and have a conversation with the God that created the universe about the secrets of the operations of the universe? Well, that's what you do when you pray in the Spirit. Not only that, we just saw that you can pray for the interpretation that your mind be fruitful. And that's one of the ways that the ministry of the Holy Spirit produces power, 
wisdom and revelation in the life of the born again believer. Now, now that we see the end goal and we've talked about praying in the spirit, uh, the Bible calls it, as we just read, they're uh, speaking in tongues. Now back up and we're going to find out, is this a simple reality because you got born again? Or is this something different? And we're going to go step by step through the scriptures and find out exactly how to access this, what it is, and how to operate in it. Are you ready? Go with me back to St. John. We're going to go back to the Gospel of John in chapter 14. And I want to point out something interesting to you. In John chapter 14, and verses 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be in you. Now, I know we've read that scripture in the broadcast previously, but you know, <laughs> I'm reminded of the, and when I talked about this in previous, uh, previous broadcasts as well, we're going to climb up, we're going to look at a lot of the same scriptures that we've been looking at, but we're climbing up a different side of the mountain. So we're going to look at them in a different light. And I want to, I want to preface this with an example. You know, if you've, if you've listened or watched me for any length of time, you know that I deal a lot with looking at the original Greek or Hebrew word, looking at the definitions and what the words mean, because I've, I've found that a lot of times we lose a tremendous amount of information in translation. Particularly, uh, you know, even though the, the old King James Version, the original King James Version is a literal translation, there's so much expounding that can take place if you go back and study some of the original Greek and Hebrew. Not that I actually speak Greek or Hebrew, but I can look up a concordance, bless God. And so we're going to look at a lot of these different words because, well, let me give you an example. There have been small wars fought over water baptism. You know, okay, do we, do we splash? Do we sprinkle? Do we pour? Do we dunk? What, what, what do we do? Okay, well, if you look up the word baptize in the original Greek language, it's very, very simple. The Greek word baptize means to immerse or submerge or to cover wholly or completely. That's simple enough, isn't it? To immerse, submerge, to cover wholly. That's just pretty simple. And it pretty much settles the debate and the question as to what it involves. You dunk. <laughs> Okay, so if you if you look back at a lot of those original words, 
you can solve a lot of debate and uncertainty. So we're going to do a little bit of that today. And I, the words that I want to draw you to are here in verse 17 of John chapter 14. And he says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. And he shall be in you. Two different words. With and in. With is what they were experiencing here as Jesus ministered under the Old Covenant. In was, is what's going to take place when He went to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit into the earth. So let's look at these words. With. The Greek word is para. It means near, beside, or in the vicinity of. And you could see that throughout the ministry of, of, of Jesus. The Holy Spirit was working. He's working, healing, giving wisdom as to how to operate in different situations. But now, in is a different word. And it means resting in, at, and it means upon. All right? So we've got with, which is what's taking place at the time, near, beside, in the vicinity of, but it's going to be resting in and upon. That is amazing news. They've never heard anything like that before. We're going to talk about the Old Testament here in a little while and find out what the ministry of the Holy Spirit was like in the Old Testament, but that's all they were aware of was the Old Scriptures. They never heard of this in uh, Spirit of God Himself in us. Yeah, that's what Jesus was talking about. So let's continue on. Look back at Matthew chapter 3. And yeah, I know we looked at this before, but we're going to look at it again. I want to draw your attention to some specific things. So Matthew chapter 3. Glory to God. And 11 through 17... All right, chapter 3. I indeed, this is John uh, talking here. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me, talking about Jesus, is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you, baptize you. Now we know what that word means. Baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat unto the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquestionable fire. Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer or allow it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him, and I'll be, pay very close attention to this. Verse 16, And Jesus 
when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. All right, so the baptism is he's in the water. He's totally submerged. He's immersed. That's water baptism. That has taken place. Now he has come up and he is out of the water. The water baptism is finished and over. And then, lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. In, upon. That word in that we just looked at, one of the translations is upon. It was upon him and a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now see the timeline. Baptized in water, that's done. Out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Now, go on over to Luke chapter 20, ver- 24 and verse 49. That's just right near the end of Luke. Luke 24 and verse 49. And this is Jesus speaking. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, I want to draw your attention to that word endued. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about over an axe. We're going to see it in a, in a little bit. He's talking about over an axe where they're, they're waiting in Jerusalem until... The Spirit comes, and they're endued with power. So what does that word endued mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It means sinking into a garment to be clothed and to put on. The last time I looked, you do not wear your clothes on the inside. And when you're dunked in water, unless you do something really wrong, that water is not going on the inside of you. It covers you. It is over you, on you, upon you. Clothing is on you. Very specific terminology here. Now, I want to remind you of Acts 10.38. The Spirit of the Lord was on Jesus for the... For, the, for God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So we've seen baptize. We've seen the word endued used. Now we see where God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. Well, we saw in Matthew where the Holy Ghost came upon him. Does this... Does this line up with that? Yes. If you look up the word anoint, it means to smear or rub on or with. It means also to furnish with what is needed. So the Holy Ghost, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. Let's break that down a little bit. So he rubbed and smeared Jesus all over with the Holy Ghost and with power. And it furnished him with what was needed for his life and ministry. Glory to God. Are you seeing a picture of this? 
So all three descriptions, baptism, endued with power, anointed with the Holy Ghost in power, every single one of those addresses upon or on somebody. Now, I want to draw your attention to Acts chapter 2, and I want to I deal with one issue here real quick. Acts chapter 2. told you we'd be looking at a lot of Scripture today. I want it firmly implanted in you, seeing it in the Word. That's why I had you get your Bible, because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see this in the Word. I don't need you saying, well, Brother David said. No, I need you saying the Word of God says, bless God. All right, so look at Acts chapter 2. We're going to read 1 through 4 here. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, pay attention to that, the day was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. He told them, be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Is what John said in Matthew 3. And sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is what happens, it's referenced over right on my Bible, it's right straight across the page in verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon, and it talks about the result on their sons and their daughters. Now, I want to point out the word filled in verse 4, and they were all filled. Okay? See there, Brother David, that's in. They were filled up. Yes, that is correct. And we're going to see that in in an illustration here after just a little bit. But that also means, if you look up in the Greek, I told you, in the Greek, it means the fulfillment of time. It actually means, remember, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. It's talking about it was time for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Jesus had gone to his Father. And he sent the Holy Ghost. And that is what's being recorded here. It was time. It was the fulfillment of time. So am I telling you, you know, you get, you know, you hear this question. Well, didn't the Holy Spirit come in me when I was born again? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. No doubt about it. The Holy Spirit came in you. That's how you got born again. But that's not all. Go, I want you to notice two things here, and we're going to look at two examples of the same timeline. And I want you to see something very specific here. John, go to John chapter 20 and verse 22. John chapter 20, verse 22. Now, we see this is right after Jesus was born again. Jesus was raised from the, well, he was born again in the pit of hell, but this is right after he was raised from the dead. So we're going to look at verse 22. Jesus appeared to his disciples. He had just been raised 
Uh, you see down here in, uh, in 15, uh, he comforts uh, Mary. She was weeping. Why weepest thou? And so he was just raised. And now in verse 22, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, go over to John, excuse me, uh, Luke we're going to go back to Luke 24. And we are not going to get near as far as I was hoping on this broadcast, but we're going to, we're laying this foundation. We're laying this foundation. Luke chapter 24. And we're going to, we're going to start winding this broadcast up for, the, for today. 24 verse 49. We're looking at that same verse again. Now look, in John he, was ju he had just been risen from the dead. And he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. But now he says, this is right before he goes up. Now, the Bible says there was 40 days between when he was raised up and when he uh, ascended to his father. 40 days. He, he, he appeared to the disciples. He ministered to them. He taught them. He expounded things to them. So now we see right after he was risen, he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. All right. Forty days later, right before he's ascending to his father, he says, I send the promise of my father upon you. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be clothed with, on pow with power from on high. Well, 40 days ago, he told him to receive the Holy Spirit. That's right. Forty days ago, they became born again. What is the require? What are the requirements to be born again? To believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, they obviously believed that. They believed that all through his ministry. To believe he was raised from the dead, he's <laughs> standing there in front of them. I'm pretty sure they got that one down. And the Holy Spirit came into their hearts and they got born again. Glory to God. But there was one thing remaining. And that was to go to Jerusalem until they be clothed with power from on high. Glory to God. Can you see it? You got the picture? That's good. I'm glad you did. Now, we're going to pick up there next week. And we're going to go deeper into the difference, how that looks in the life of a believer, in everyday life, walking it out. And how do you access the manifestation of that power and wisdom? We're going to get deep into it. Make sure you have your Bible next week. All right? But between now and then, remember this. God loves you. He's always for you. That's why He sent the Holy Ghost. And I love you. And Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping making these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to all our social media accounts on YouTube, Instagram, and iTunes for more teachings by David Weeder Ministries. Contact us at info at WeederMinistries.org to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.